Hello, and thank you for tuning into the pod of pods called Born to Be a Star, aka Born Star, Born Star, Born Star. We recognize, we recognize you're a star, because you're a star wherever you are. The world can tell you things to make you feel like you're not good enough. People can tell you things to make you feel like you're not good enough, or situations can make you feel like you're not good enough. Whether it's at work, whether it's at the gym, whether it's at the supermarket, or whether it's at Forever 21 in the mall. Like, maybe you don't feel like you're pretty enough to be shopping in there. Maybe at work you feel like you're not smart enough to work with some of your coworkers, or... Maybe if you're at the gym, you don't feel like you can lift weights as good as someone else lifting weights. I'm here to tell you, forget all of that. You're unique within yourself. You're originally you, and you can't be anyone else. So if you feel like you're not good enough, get rid of that feeling. You are good enough. Who said you can't do anything and accomplish any goals? Who said that? Who said you weren't supposed to create... new roads and find new doors to open who said that you can't conquer goals who said that you can't be who you always wanted to be why can't you chase your dreams during the sunlight and at night during the darkness why can't you be the light in the darkness that's the entire purpose of born to be a star to let you know that there's always light And light can get you through anything. And no matter how difficult situations are, you have to look at the good and make a bad situation good. Because there's always going to be bad, negative, horror, and sadness. You have to live with it and find a way to make the sadness happy. We always end up losing somebody we love. Whether it's a human being or a furry friend or a loved one or a family member. No one has the ability to live forever at least not yet and if they do they're not telling us about that um as someone who's lost people they love uh, it's never easy and you always have to know in the back of your head and your conscious that time is very valuable and that's the one thing we can't buy so as great as money is you can't buy time with it but let's get some positivity on this wednesday hump day let's get to the positivity okay we're gonna be talking about a lot of fun topics today on this hump day um wednesday is one of my favorite days of the week because guess what i know tomorrow is thursday and after that comes friday and guess what the week is over can't complain about it right it's always good um we're gonna be talking about some important things today but before we get into uh the black uh power of the conversation and the black incredible person we're going to be discussing today um, in homage of Black History Month. First, I want to talk about no media allowed, no media allowed, no media allowed. Because they lie to us, they lie to us anyway. Remember when the politicians said that they were going to try to hold the CEOs of these shitty companies responsible? Remember how they said they were really going to hound in on them and do something about it? You know what I'm starting to notice? They aren't doing anything. Like, obviously, there's a there's a lot wrong with Facebook or Meta or whatever you want to call it. But 
but these politicians don't know anything about technology. And if you've listened to the conversations that they've had with these tech gurus and these tech CEO giants, they're not asking the right questions. Why do we have these elderly, foggy, dimensionized like people as the politicians that are asking these morons these questions that are breaking laws and taking the money from the people paying taxes? Why? They get tax breaks. They get all these things given to them and they're never held accountable for anything that they do wrong. Like social media is a joke upon a joke upon a joke. We've had conversations about the fact that you can't be stuck on social media or you can't feel like that controls your life. At the beginning of this conversation, I said that you have to believe in yourself and sometimes things don't always work out, work out the way you want it to. The best decision I ever made was last year, I, I deactivated my Facebook or Meta or whatever the hell it's called and I haven't been back on it. Granted, I went on Instagram, but I don't even really go on there anymore either. I sometimes post pictures, but I don't do it on a daily basis because that's, that's not my life. And I don't have to take a picture to show anybody anything. If you're a family member or somebody I love, I'm talking to you on a daily basis anyways, or I'm seeing you. So I don't have to go on social media to prove myself to anybody because I don't care about it. And neither should you. But these politicians claim they're going to do one thing when they're running for office before they get elected in, right? They say they're going to do all this stuff person that's running for the Fed said they were going to make such a difference with the Fed. Um, Jerome Powell is going to have to raise the interest rates to get rid of the inflation. And he's going to have to do a bunch of things that normal people are going to be irritated about. And then they're going to do the whole Republican Democratic thing. There's a big problem in Congress. It's called stupidity. They don't know how to budget money correctly, and I think uh, a very great way for us to recognize that we're two years into COVID, and how are states having difficulty with funds and money? Two years into it. They didn't advocate the money correctly when COVID originally started. These, the government is not that bright. Like, it's not. Um, the reason why I like a conservative viewpoint with money and making sure you're spending money with a necessity because budgeting and spending money correctly leads to being debt-free. Do you know how much money the United States of America owes? It's a lot. Do you know how much we rely on China? A lot. And Biden sending tweets about how we're going to catch up to China in the electric field. Could you focus on the real issues? Like, what are we going to do about batteries? There's not enough charging stations here. This isn't going to work. Like, there's so much wrong. So much. And it, it's not just me feeling like this. They're not holding these CEOs accountable. And I don't think they're going to. I just think it's fun for them to say that. I think that the reason why AOC says half the things she says is because it sounds good. And it's good for likes. Because when things actually need to get done, this is what AOC does with Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi or whatever the hell her name is. Yes, yes, ma'am. I'll do whatever you say. And she acquiesces to her. We've seen it real time. And it's not just AOC. It's all of them. So none of them have any backs, any bones, any ability to do things the way they're supposed to. And no one has any faith in them at all. It's not just me. It's no one. So there's that. Um, 
it's pathetic in every way possible. And things should be better. With all the tax money that I pay, the Skips pays, that my mom paid into the system, that his parents paid into the system, that our brothers and our sisters pay into the system, all of us, millennials, the ones that are growing up watching the nightmare unfold, the young, right? When's enough enough? When do these people take responsibility for their bad decisions? Continuously giving out welfare to people that don't necessarily deserve it and creating an environment for people where they don't think they have to go to work is not a good decision. Have you seen China? Does America want to be China? Like, that's a communist country, right? Like, if America is supposed to be land of the free, like, why don't you actually make it free? But there's a lot of things you do for that to have to run correctly. And letting people from foreign countries come over here and do whatever they want, not having a good immigration process, um, treating one race better than another, which they continuously do, yet they want to act like Black History Month actually matters. And look how they treated the Haitians. But look who they allowed over here without thought. Afghanistan people. There's, They're not checking any of these people they could all be sleeper cells or who knows what there's a lot of questions we should be having about what they do how they act how they deal with wars how they invest all this money in wars and shit and why biden keeps trying to talk to putin like that's really gonna make a difference at some point ukraine is gonna be taken over and Biden and Europe and all these people aren't going to stop it. It's not going to happen. So why are we lying, acting like the United States of America is going is to fix everything and they can't fix anything where, where their own country resides? There's too many people that don't agree with what they're doing and they want to just act like it's okay. But it's not. So on this episode of No Media Allowed, let's just take into consideration that when you say you're going to do something and you're a politician and you don't do it, no one believes you. We didn't even believe you before, but we really don't believe you now. And now you don't have a leg to stand on. So when you go for re-election, we're not going to forget what you did. You guys are running out of time. And 2024 is coming to knock and you're all out. Yep. Moving on to the next part of our conversation. Thank you for tuning in to No Media Allowed, No Media Allowed, No Media Allowed. Say that to us, say that to us anyway. Let us use this month of February as an opportunity to appreciate those who are black history, those who changed it all without thought. Let's recognize all they did. I'm so proud of each and every one of them. Thank you. Today, we're going to focus on someone named Shirley Grisham. Born November 30th, 1924. Shirley Grisham was the first African-American woman to serve in the United States Congress as an early education expert from New York City. Of course, New York, New York. Grisham began working with local political organizations 
and in 1964 won a seat on the New York State Legislature, representing her Brooklyn neighborhood. Four years later, she was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. Isn't that amazing? A true story of the community. Serving seven terms, 14 years in Congress, Grisham helped open up opportunities for people like President Barack Obama, Senator Elizabeth Warren, but she said she didn't want to be remembered as the first woman of African-American to do something she wanted to be remembered as someone who had guts. She died on January 1st, 2005. What an amazing woman. What an amazing part of history. She truly is just someone Congress should be looking up to. So all you pathetic losers saying you're going to run for re-election and you're going to do everything, you have to work for your position. You're not just going to get these things. And for the Congress that is in office right now, do better. Do better. Moving on to the next part of our conversation, the housing market at the start of this year. (sighs) Numbers are still up. The interest rate is going up. Uh, I was hoping we were going to get like a 2.5, 2.8. Yeah, we're already past a 3.5 right now. So it's steadily going up. But that's still a low rate. There's not a lot on the market. I'm constantly looking every day. And every time I think I found something, five minutes later, it's gone. So, like, there's going to be bidding wars, right? It's it's not, you know, easy peasy pumpkin squeezy. I found a house and I want to move into it. Unless you're sending the person a letter or you're talking to them directly in their face trying to buy the house, I don't even think you're going to get it at asking price. Some of these houses are really old. They're from like the 1950s or like the 1970s and they need a lot of work done like to the basement area or some of like the utensils in the kitchen need to be upgraded. Some of the hardware of the house needs to be fixed. Who knows what's going on with the decks and the doors and the windows and all those things. Like, is there anything leaking? Like, you really have to make sure you have the right people going to the house with you to check to see if everything's okay. Um, these houses aren't, aren't newer where I live. And we're looking at condos and houses trying to figure out what's going to be our forever home. Uh, at least forever in Connecticut, uh, the state we live in home. But... It's difficult, and where we live, it's not that bad, especially with, like, the cost of living versus how much we're making. So, like, that, like, evens out. But, like, granted, probably down south is cheaper, but you make less. Um, I don't know. I like East Coast. I don't see I don't see us leaving East Coast. Like, uh, it works for both of us, and that's what we're looking for. Um, but it's difficult trying to buy a house right now. Like, the realtor saying one thing, you're seeing it, you can go see it. Like, you're paying more than it's worth. Some houses are, like, marked 200 plus what they're actually worth. Like, we're talking 450 and the house is worth, like, 200000 Like, or the houses that they have that are, like, 200 are worth, like, 100 Granted, people will be like, you should wait. But wait till when? Are you waiting and then there isn't going to be anything available? Like, that's another thing. Like, the housing market right now is insane. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's awful. I'm just saying, like, be fully aware that it might not be what you think it's going to be.
it's it's really crazy. Every day it change. Every five minutes it's different. Like I don't know. I I can't even keep up with it. I'm like I can't. And it's frustrating as someone that is going to be a first time home buyer going into the market trying to find a space. You know, finally ready to make that move and sick of giving my money to rent. Like we're tired of just burning money every month to the uh, rental office. We're ready to finally take this big step. But as people that are making this decision, there's other millennials with us that's taking the step with us. Like we're we're ready to move toward a living, like really like living and owning property. You know, like the goal is to pay it off in 10 years, uh, own the property. And then, you know, if we like it, we'll keep it. If not, you know, switch it out and find something better. Like the goal isn't to be constantly just burning your money, giving it to someone else. But the housing market is not you're going to go find a house and you're going to not be in a bidding war, especially if you're in an area that's really populated, you're going to be spending more money, maybe 20K, 25K, 10K or more for sure, for sure. Um, best of luck to you if you're playing this housing game. Um, you're not by yourself. We're with you on this. And hopefully we all end up finding a forever home together. Uh, next part of our conversation, you need to join... The Investing Club from Jim Cramer and CNBC. Um, I told you about it and I've talked about it before, but I really want to tell you why you need to join this club. He has something called a charitable charitable trust. Uh, so all the money goes to charity. He really gives a breakdown of the stocks and bonds that you should invest in and what you shouldn't invest in. And Jim Cramer has a show called uh, Mad Money every night at 6 o'clock on CNBC. He also does a morning show as well where he's a guest on that show. He speaks with Jeff. If you become a member of the CNBC Investing Club, they do about 10 to 20 minute segments in the morning every morning talking about, you know, what stocks are great, what stocks are bad, where where they see investing and what and where they see things going. I really, really, really do think more people need to become a part of this club. I can't stop talking about it. Like, I looked at the meeting that he had just last week on Friday. He spoke to the CEO of AMD, and it was such a extraordinary conversation where he asked them difficult questions. Before that, he spoke to the new CEO of Ford, and he asked them very difficult questions like, what do you see happening next? Um, do you see your growth being able to do this? Like, how are you going to compete with other companies? Where are you going to get this item from? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? He's asking questions that we actually want to ask these companies. And we're getting light into companies where we might not get that anywhere else. Um, I, I just want to use this time to thank Jim Kramer for all he does. I'm just so happy and grateful to be a part of the investing club. Um, me and Skip joined up for the investing club in, I think, October. And uh, we knew it wasn't going to be free for long. So they finally started to add a price tag on it. And I got to tell you, 250 bucks to be a part of this club is like $2.50. Like, I've already feel like I got my money back. Or we got our money back already. We're constantly learning and growing and being able to see things the correct way. And it's truly incredible. Like, this is what you want to be a part of.
you want to listen to what they're saying. You want to see the growth. You want to see the disappointment. You want to have the conversations about it. You want to hear uh, buy on red, sell on green. You want to hear what you're keeping, what you're getting rid of, what's being added into the fold. You want to be able to build a portfolio for yourself so your portfolio can work for you. Because reti- being retired and not having a good structure or a good um, handle on your money, like, I don't know if... Social Security is enough. You're going to need a 401k. You might need an IRA, You're a pension. All It's got to be multiple things. It can't just be one that's not livable. Like, granted, you're likely going to live a long time after you retire. So you have to plan out for that. My mom likes to say, no day is promised. And sometimes I just want to tell my mom, like, mom, please shut up. You're probably going to live forever. Like, God willing, you have, like, she's an amazing mom. And, and all I can do is hope she does live forever. But at the same time, like, you want the person that you love to be able to enjoy their life. Whenever they get to the time they're going to retire. Or you yourself want to get to retirement. I mean, who wants to be working a job forever? Who wants to be 60-something years old still at work? I don't know. Not me. No, thank you. I, I want to travel. I want to I wanna do fun things. I want to check things off our bucket list. I want to go to baseball games. You know, we want to live. And to live, it, it can't be going to work from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. That That's not it. There's got to be a plan. And I do think that the CNBC Investing Club, being fully aware of what's going on in Wall Street, having access to look at stocks and bonds on a daily basis and not get irritated by it, but to actually understand the market for yourself and for your future is definitely important. You have to be able to talk about money. You have to be able to have these conversations. And if you're not having these conversations, then you're not ready And you have to constantly be thinking about what's next. Because a year is going to go by in the blink of a second. We're already into almost March. Then we're going to be in October. We're going to be back into January of 2023. What did you do in a year? See what I'm saying? Did you invest your money into a property so you can own that at some point? Because it's going to take you 10 years if you're doing double the payments to pay it off. Okay. You got to have money in Wall Street, okay? You got to invest. You have to build a portfolio. You have to be smart. You have to do these things. And Jim Cramer really makes it easy. He's a smart man. He doesn't have to do what he does. The people that work with Jim, they probably don't have to do it either. These aren't stupid people. The people that work in this field that are talking about Wall Street constantly in the market all the time, If you can understand the relationship between the market and our reality, then it's very clear. I dare you. Check out Jim Cramer. Check out an episode. It comes on 6 o'clock CNBC. Check out the email club for the investing. I don't think it's $250 anymore. I think the price went up. But even if it's more, still, try to get into it. You're going to love it. It's worth the money. It's worth the money. Anyways, 
now that I'm done, you know, appreciating Jim Cramer and all he does and hoping that, you know, he decides to do this for a, a, a while longer. Let us talk about you. If you love something, don't let it go. Like, you know how many times I've woke up and I've thought, why am I doing this podcast? Probably no one listens to it. Like, why Why am I spending this time inventing all these subjects to talk about? And why am I having these difficult conversations, you know, talking about the fact that I'm not best friends with my best friend anymore, coming clean about bad decisions I made with education. Like, really having a place to voice all these things on. There's times where I, I have difficulty thinking, is this going to work? But you know what? I push through that fear. I push through through the difficulty of the situation and I get to the other side of it and I say to myself I have to do this because someone is listening to this and when I push people to be amazing and I tell them that they can do anything that that they want to put their mind into maybe they'll do it you know like sometimes you just need to hear that one person telling you yes you can and I'm the person telling you yes you can I want to believe that anything is possible if you put your mind to it And things are difficult for me. I don't know everything. I'm constantly learning. I've made a shit ton of mistakes in my life. You know, do I wish I had have done certain things different? Yes. But I do think every decision that you make ends up leading you to where you're exactly supposed to be. If you love something, whether it's doing a podcast, reading a book, drawing, coloring, singing, designing, creating websites writing a book, riding a bike, a motorcycle, if you love building up cars with your dad, if you love restorating things, if you like demolishing houses, if you want to learn how to flip houses, if you want to sell houses and you want to get a real estate license, whatever you love, if it's cooking or baking, whatever it is, or sewing, or you want to knit, or you want to be a, you want to run and work out and you love to be healthy and and you love to make juices or whatever it is don't stop doing it it's possible for you To be even more grateful to yourself for not giving up on something. Like if you're at your job and you're thinking, I don't know if this is going to work. Like I really feel like I suck. Just keep pushing. Keep trying. Keep keep staying positive. If you're trying to write a book or you're trying to write a cookbook at home and you want to start some sort of a legacy for you and your little family or you and your big family, keep pushing at it. Keep talking to people. Keep trying. You never know what you'll accomplish. Just keep your keep focused and, and keep steady and and you'll get to the end of it. Next part of our conversation, the latest season of Legacies. Honestly, I don't know about this. Like it's taken me forever to watch it and I and I wanna really look at it, but I can't help feeling like I don't know if this is for me. Like the main character that I really like is not even around I'm going to give it a try. I'm really going to try to swoop through it. But we have so many things that we're watching. I really, 
I'm having difficulty trying to watch my own show plus the other ones, but I'm really going to try to get through that so I can get to the next one. Um, how do people watch supernatural shows all the time? Like, granted, I like supernatural shows. I like the idea of vampires and werewolves and and uh, people being able to like see the future and all that. I like those shows. Like, I watched True Blood. I watched Vampire Diaries twice. Like, I like those shows. I've watched Supernatural. I don't know how many times. I do like those shows. I do, and I and I like watching shows that have a lot of the parallels. I enjoy them a lot, but some of them are really bad. Like they have crappy actors, and the storyline is really shitty, and there's no adaptation, and it doesn't it doesn't grow correctly. So for all the good ones, there's just as many bad ones, and um, I'm trying to spend my time watching worthy shows versus unworthy shows. So there's that. Next part of our conversation. Why are people watching The Bachelor? Like, dude, it's the show where this guy gets to, like, go on a million dates with these chicks that clearly have something wrong with them if they want to go on TV to meet up with a guy. You don't need to go on TV to meet up with a guy, man. It's called dating in the bar, bro. It's called going on one of these websites and, and, and trying something out. What happened to that? Like, you really need to go on a TV show for dating? I don't get it. And millions of people like it, and I just don't see why. There's even a bachelorette. Like, do you know what the funny part of all these shitty, like, reality shows are? These people don't even end up staying together. It's, like, fake for TV. It's fake. It's fake. Like, 90 Day Fiance, all this ridiculous shit. Like, half the time, they don't end up staying with each other. It's all for publicity. Like, for the show itself. It's not real. Um, there's that. It's just, I don't know, I, I can't watch that show, I don't know. And there's dating shows on uh, Netflix too, but I, I'm not into it. And The Bachelor is really a turnoff. Uh, granted, I think the reason why I might not like The Bachelor as much is I hate any kind of dating show on, like, regular television. Not And these people that they have come on these shows, like, are you listening to what they're actually saying? It's like a bad dating service going wrong. I don't know. Do you watch The Bachelor? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever watched it with anybody? Do you know anybody that watches it? I could tell you, no. The only person I've heard talk about that is Howard Stern when I'm listening to his show. And even I'm wondering why he's watching that. Seriously, Howard. And he watches it with his wife. So it's like, what are we doing here? Next part of our conversation, network TV, LOL. I was just talking about it, right? I can't stand network TV. They have these really crappy actors, these shitty storylines, and it never gets better. And I just... Granted, they're competing with Netflix and Amazon and Apple TV, which is blowing the water on fire. And they're dealing with a lot of things, right? So you got to think that maybe they can't compete. There's, There's that. But they're just... They're not listening. 
I don't want to see some PG-12 rated show with some shitty actors and some crappy storyline that I've already seen a million times. I'm tired of them trying to recreate Friends. I talk about this with you all the time. They're trying to do the same show over and over and over again. They wanted to have some sense of like humor and they want it to be sort of like The Office, but it can't be The Office because The Office has been off for who knows how long. Like, you know what makes TV good? The people that act the parts. If you don't have the correct actors or actresses, it's going to suck. And they haven't gotten the memo on that, and they're failing. So they spend all this money on things, and they come out with shows, and they cancel them in like a week. Like, who's the one that goes over all this crap? Cable TV is going to apps now. They're trying to do like a, like, they're working, they're partnering with other stations to get on apps because no one's watching TV. The TV ratings are not good. They're not. Anyways, what can you put in a pie? Anything. Fruits vegetables meat you can make a cheeseburger pie you can make a apple cinnamon pie you can make a raspberry pie you can make a pumpkin pie you can really make any kind of pie you want i guess i mean you have to get the ingredients correctly and you have to know how to build the the layers of it and you don't want it to come out wrong i mean everything has got to be like the way it's supposed to be, but I mean, as long as you've got the recipe, I think you could put anything in a pie. I think we've moved on from just apple pie to anything kind of a pie. Why not try it? Can old recipes become new? Yeah, like you could take something like, I don't know, um, lasagna and make it different by maybe using a pesto sauce instead of a red sauce. You could take like spaghetti and meatballs and make it different by using like Maybe not spaghetti, but rigatoni. You can change any recipe and make it your own. You could even try to make, like, Indian food at home, but, and like, use a different vegetable or different breads. Or maybe you want to try naan or you want to cook, like, Palestinian food and you can get, like, a recipe off, like, Pinterest or something. You can really make any recipe your own. Like, and it could be old recipes. It could be new recipes. You can really make any food your own there's so many different options and so many ways to make something old new like even west indian food like you know i like rice and peas and jerk chicken well how do you change the rice and peas maybe instead of the peas being one pea use another one like there's so much you can do with it i say go do it Flavor God is the Flavor God. Flavor God is the Flavor God. Oh, my God, yo. Like, he has this, like, lemon garlic flavor. And sometimes I put it on top of seafood when I'm making, like, shrimp or scallops. It tastes like it came from, like, Cape Cod or, like, Maine or something. It tastes like it fresh off the boat. That's the, the vibe it has. Flavor God seasonings are, like, anything you need to put on top of any food. Last week, I um had a... Uh, the Mexican Tuesday because we like to celebrate um, Taco Tuesday by eating Mexican food or Spanish food. Um, so we typically do tacos or enchiladas or something. and um, Or we go to like uh, Salsa Fresca or the other one. What is the other one? 
not on the border, the other one. And we typically get like a bowl or something to represent for our Mexican day. So we had chicken tacos and I put the taco seasoning on it from Flavor God and I did the cheese seasoning too. And I added in chipotle on top and I did a mixture of all those together and I put the chicken in the air fryer. Oh my God, it was so delicious. And then with the rice, I put a little bit of the taco seasoning and the habanero pepper one, like the ghost pepper seasoning that they have. Oh my God. Like literally, it tasted so good. Like me and Skip were like, wow, I can't believe it tastes this good. Like it tasted as good as it tastes when we go to like Puerto Vallarta. Like it was good. Like it really felt like I was really like representing the culture the way it's supposed to be, you know, represented. And, you know, I've been to Mexico, you know what I mean? I've eaten the food there. I know what it's supposed to taste like. And that's, that's what it tastes like to me. Like, Flavor God, if you haven't tried it, you need to try it. It makes normal things taste even better. Like, you could do, like, stuffed peppers. You can use the Italian seasoning if you're doing anything Italian, like pasta, meatballs, whatever, sauce. It'll make anything you're eating taste good. Flavor God, thank you for all you do. I'm on your side, bro. And he has a cookbook. And if you have Instagram on Pinterest, follow him on there. I think he has a TikTok, too. This dude can cook. Oh, my God. When he cooks, it's like perfection. Next part of our conversation. Should we get grocery stores delivered to us weekly? Should we get groceries delivered to us weekly? I don't know. Like, part of me wants to try one of these... um, websites like I'm really tempted to go on one of these websites and just get a weekly delivery instead of going to the grocery store every week but I don't know if I need to do that granted there's grocery stores all around us and they're not that far away so maybe we don't have to do that I'm tempted to do it but I don't know if I need to do it I I feel like is that going to be better on the planet because we're not going to waste as much food if we if we just have it delivered but I don't know like I don't know if that's necessary. Like, I feel like maybe it's necessary, but then again, maybe it's not. I think it's dependent on what you're eating. If you're eating fruits and vegetables and you don't care if it's coming directly from the store, then I guess you're cool going to the store. But if you want to be a little more economical and you want to think about the planet more, maybe considering checking out ordering food online. Like, having groceries delivered. And that that would be better for someone who's busy. Because, like, I was talking about errands the other day. Running around trying to do everything plus work all day, too, it's kind of difficult. And then having to go to the store after you had to work all day, who wants to do that? I mean, who? Right? Who? Anyways, that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in, as always, to... Born star, born star, born star. Will you recognize? Will you recognize your star? Because you are a star wherever you are. I'll see you tomorrow on Thursday. Bye.